Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. I'm glad you're here. Are you excited to be in church this morning? Come on, it's good to be here. So, hey, At The Movies is coming up. If you've never been here in a November, every November we do At The Movies because we recognize just before the holidays is one of the greatest opportunities you have as a follower of Jesus to invite your friends and family who may not normally come to church, but hey, they'll come to watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. (laughs) And we're gonna discover God's word in these 80s movies. So this is At The Movies 80s edition. Who's excited for 80s edition, right? Some of you are like, Keith, were you even born in the 80s? Technically, yes. I was born in 89, okay? So leave me alone. Um, We're going to have a whole lot of fun. So we've got a lot of these in the back of the room. We're just going to have a box out there for you to take as many as you want to give to someone as an invitation. Hey, come with me to church next week. It's at the movies. We've got the popcorn machine going, the candy bars, all of it. And why? Because of our vision to reach lost people. So it's a whole lot of fun for your friends to come out and be like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And they will hear God's word because we stand on God's word. So we will be preaching God's word and you're gonna hear from our preaching team throughout this month. And uh, I'm very excited for this 80s edition uh, at the movies. Today, um, this, this is kind of a unique Sunday because we're kind of between like series and sometimes the month does that for us. It just throws five Sundays in the month. And our preaching team, as we plan uh, out series, because we like to talk in series, we get to these moments where we're like, oh, there's a fifth Sunday, but we're kind of gearing up for a series and that we're coming out of a series. So what do we do? So I'm just, I'm just gonna do what we do every week. There's just no series attached to it. Today's called Made for Connection, okay? <laughs> like we're just, here we are, Made for Connection. And, and I, what I wanna do is I want us to be, um, kind of have our hearts oriented towards this truth that you and I are made for human connection and you're made for a connection with the Father. Like you were, as that's why we just sang this song, like this nearness, this communion, you were created to know the one who created you. And if we can, this is my prayer for you. If we can, for these 25 minutes, have our affections stirred for Jesus, in a greater capacity than maybe they were when you walked in here, then man, the Holy Spirit can do something with that. Like if we can for this time, just have all the junk of our lives. Anyone got some junk in their lives today? Okay, Uh, my hand is up, okay? So (laughs) the rest of you are so good and clean. I got two hands up. Hey, all all the the junk, all, all, all this week, whatever this week was like for you, whatever relational dysfunction you experienced, whatever letdowns, You experienced whatever expectations fell short of what you had hoped for. My prayer is that you would know you're made for connection. And there's a father who wants to connect with you today. There's a father. So you're gonna know this quote because if you're a parent, you've said it to your children before. Um, And even if you're not a parent, you've said this or heard this. And here it is. Show me your friends and finish it. What does it say? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I'll show you who you're gonna become. I'll show you the path of your head. That's kind of a bold statement to make, isn't it? Like, how dare you, sir? How dare, what do you mean? 
Well, because there's truth in it. Who you're connected with will dictate where you end up. Who you align yourself with, who you unite with, who you partner with in life, who you're doing life with will dictate where you'll end up. I wrote this, the course of life flows from the source you have now. The path that you're walking on has a destination. And all you need to do is look left, right, and up to know where you're gonna end up. The path you're on now, it does have an end result. So I actually, like I Googled this because if we all connect to things, to places, to experiences, which I believe we can all agree there, we connect, we're made for connection. What are the common places that you and I connect to as we go through life? And this is just a Google result. So here's the first one that came up, relationships. That the most common area that you and I connect to in this life is relationships. I pray that you've got a good group of friends. I pray that you've got some people in your life that you're connected to. If you're married, your spouse, if you're a parent, your children, co-worker, you've got relationships you connect to. Here's the second area, career and work. That many of us, our connection flows from our doing, from what we put our hands to, our career, our work. In fact, have you noticed when you introduce yourself, you'll often attach what you do to your identity. Hi, I am my name and here's what I do. And, and this is just a thing. We're not poking holes at it yet. Just Google's just telling us, here's the areas that we connect to. Here's the third one. Found interesting, spirituality and faith. That people will connect to a religious system or to being spiritual, or as Google put it, to a higher power, to something outside of them knowing I need to be connected to something bigger than me as I walk through this life. Does that make sense? Here's the fourth one, hobbies and passions. That we'll, we'll find ourselves wrapped up in some hobbies and and some passions and some things we're connecting to in order, again, what's the point? We're made for connection. The source determines the course. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. We're just kind of putting our feelers out there and connecting. Have you ever met someone who their hobby and their passion drastically shifts? Isn't that fun? That's someone like me. All of a sudden, like you're like, yeah, I know someone. I think he's on the stage. Like, bro, are you into biking? Are you into weightlifting? Are you into golf? Are you into eating good or ice cream? Like, you just you just get wrapped all up in it. But we we connect. We 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 do this. And here's the fifth one. I found this really interesting. This came up: community and service. That people actually will connect to acts of kindness, to doing something good for someone else. To, to connect because you get a sense of, we call it make a difference here at Blaze Church. That when you know what you're made for, that's why we celebrated Abby, an eighth grader who went through the growth track and discovered a purpose and now is making a difference on the photo team. We connect in these areas. So as we look at this list, here's, here's what I wanna ask about this. These are things that we might connect to, but should they be the source from which we find life? really the two big things that we're trying to figure out in, in our lives. Who am I and what am I made for? What's my identity and what's my purpose? And there are a whole lot of people and maybe even some in this room where when you go to answer the identity and purpose questions, you're finding it somewhere in there. You're finding my identity is I'm a mom 
My purpose is to care for my children, okay? My identity is in my career. My purpose is to make a whole lot of money, okay? My identity is in my religious beliefs. My, my purpose is to, to grow in spirituality. Do you see what it is? It's, it's easy and natural for us to attach identity and purpose to one of these areas. Why? Because we're made for connection and these things are all around us. And all I would ask of you this morning as we go to scripture now in the words of Jesus, who by the way, knows you better than you know yourself, knows how he made you, knows how you were knit together, fearfully and wonderfully made and has a purpose for your life. As we turn to his words, I would simply ask this question with this. Is it safe? Is it wise to find our identity and purpose in any of these areas? Is it safe? Meaning, is it secure? Are you really so sure you wanna build your life on horizontal relationships? Is that, are you really sure about that? You really wanna put everything into this career? You really wanna get your identity and your purpose out of some hobbies and some passions? Like, I, I just, you don't even need, don't answer it, just think about it. And I wanna show you from the words of Jesus that there's one that we might connect to, a source that will make these other things in our lives become fruit instead of becoming a root. So I'm not saying get rid of these things. Ain't nobody kick your kids out of the house because Pastor Keith said, okay? <laughs> you know what, the relationship thing with you guys ain't working anymore and Pastor Keith said I can't be connected. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying right now for many of us, these are roots in our lives that we're attaching to and trying to grow fruit from, but these things work a whole lot better when they become the fruit in our lives, when they become a byproduct of us attached to a better, safer, greater source. So I want to read you the words of Jesus. And he shares these words with his closest friends in this moment. This is kind of a closed door setting. This is not Jesus on the mountainside. This is not Jesus out in the crowds. This is Jesus the night before he'll be betrayed by his friends, abandoned, turned over and then crucified the next morning. This is Jesus with people who have put their trust in him and he's looking at them now and this beautiful discourse that spans so many chapters in John's gospel. John is the fourth book in the New Testament and Jesus starts writing, read, uh, um, speaking and John's writing about this moment and Jesus has washed his friend's feet and he's about to institute communion and, and all of this. And he says these words. So if you are a follower of Jesus today, lean into these words. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you're invited for these words to be your truth because you were not created to connect to fruit. You were created to connect to a root. You were created for Christ. So here's his words. He says this, John 15, one, I am the, say it with me, true vine. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. So Jesus is so, I, I, Jesus is so cool, bro. He has a way with words and imagery and just showing us parts of himself through such strategic symbolic language. So he goes, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now, I thought when Jesus said that, there's two massive claims he's making when he says, I am the true vine. The first one is a little obvious to us. If Jesus is the true vine, then what does that mean? That there are what? False vines. It's just obvious. 
You don't call yourself the true vine without having a little insight to know, but there's some false vines out there. There's some things that will overpromise and underdeliver every single time. And you'll think they're true, but in the end, you'll discover they're not. They're false vines. That list that we just had, those are false vines. Those are good things, but they're false vines because you weren't created for your career. You weren't created to have an attachment for identity and purpose with relationships. Those, those are false vines. And the tricky part is they're so good. There, there was nothing negative on that screen. That would have been easy for all of us to look at and say, well, I'm not gonna attach myself to that. But what do we know? When a good thing is made a supreme thing, it becomes a dangerous thing. When something good becomes supreme, it gets dangerous. That's why I try to stick to cheese pizza. You get the meat lovers in there? You get that supreme pie, it gets a little dangerous. I, just keep it plain, man. When a good thing is made supreme, man, it gets dangerous. So that's the first thing. But this one you may not, may not know off just reading it. Watch this. When Jesus says, I'm the true vine to his Jewish audience, they would have been bracing for impact. You know why? Throughout the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, these, these people who were commissioned by God to be the mouthpiece for God, whenever they had a prophetic word that included the word vine, it spoke of Israel, the Jewish people, and every time it was a prophetic warning of you were supposed to be true and honor me and you fell short and judgment's coming. You could just read these, especially in Isaiah, this vineyard song of you were my vineyard and, and I looked for grapes and I got thorns. So Babylon's coming, baby. Brace yourself because you, I had a standard you didn't meet. Watch this. When Jesus says he's the true vine, what he's saying is, I've come to be the true and better version of what you could never be. I'm the true version of what you collective could never be. Do you see in his opening statement here, it's an invitation of grace? It's listen to me. You were supposed to be a vine that produced fruit, but you fell short of God's standard. So I've come to be the true vine. That's why we believe Jesus is our substitute. He takes our place. He satisfies every standard of the law. So he goes, I'm, I'm the true vine. Don't worry, guys. You couldn't meet God's standard. So I came as the son of God in your place to uphold the law. I didn't come to abolish it. I came to fulfill it. This is, can we thank God for that truth? I mean, that should move our hearts to worship. Thank you for being a true vine. Because when you look at me, you expect some grapes, you're getting thorns in my own righteousness. But now in the righteousness of Jesus, the true vine. Wow. Now, what else did he tell us in that one verse? If he's the true vine, do you remember who he said the father is? Who was the father? The gardener. And what does a gardener do? Well, you don't have to know. You just got to keep reading your Bible. So here's verse two. The gardener, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Chill, Jesus. Talking about cutting branches while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So listen, if you're upset with this verse, take it up with a gardener. I'm just reading the Bible to you today. My wife has had a garden for a few years now in our backyard. And um, I've been watching her in the summertime. She'll go out in the morning 
She'll check on the bushes. She'll check on the plants. There's a vegetable garden. And I'll see her. She'll be plucking stuff out of the ground. She'll be going with them little snips, cutting things down, cutting things out, pulling things out. And I'll just watch her as a gardener make two kinds of cuts. She's either cutting off branches or she's cutting back branches. She's either cutting them off. This day, just got, it's not gonna produce fruit. It's been here for a while. It's just it's taken away from the, the whole plant. Or this one's got potential, but it just needs a little trim. And I've seen, because she does this so faithfully, she'll come in with the buckets of tomatoes and cucumbers and all that. Now, I don't know how any of it tastes because I don't eat vegetables. <laughs> I'm waiting for her to grow an ice cream garden. I'm like, girl, if you'll start growing some M&Ms and some Snickers and some caramel, then we can talk. Like, let's make this a party. She'll come in with all this stuff, eggplant, zucchinis. I'm like, I'm gonna eat that. But she works so hard as a gardener with two kinds of cuts. There's a cutoff and there's a cut back. And what is it that determines what cut is made? Does anybody know? Come on, what, what determines, it was in the text, what determines what kind of cut the gardener makes? One word, fruit. Now I don't eat fruit either. <laughs> Unless it's Fruit Loops and then I'll eat it. It's the fruit. And then stay with me. Come on, what does the fruit tell you? The fruit tells you about the connection to the root. The fruit tells you about the health of that branch. The fruit is the evidence. Because sometimes you may, you may not know what's going on under the surface, that root system, but if I see fruit on that branch, then it's connected to the vine. So Jesus goes, I'm the true vine. Father's the gardener. And he makes two cuts. And can we just pause for a second? Because I'm hoping you're also learning something in this moment. Do you know what we're doing right now? We're just studying the Bible. We've actually, for 10 minutes, been in two verses. Blaze Church, as your pastor, you can do this. You can open your Bible. You can turn on the app. You can be in the verse of the day for a few minutes. In fact, I'm gonna show you why it matters in a moment. But I just, I want you to learn something about what we're doing while we're learning what the text is showing us. We're just, this is studying scripture. Let's ask questions. What did it mean to the original audience? Oh, well, it meant to them, the vine was judgment and Isaiah, but now he's the true vine. We're just studying scripture. So if you're kind of now like, all right, well, let me know. Am I a, am I a cut off branch or am I a cut back branch, Pastor Keith? Well, let's just keep reading. Jesus is talking to his followers and he says in verse three, you have already been pruned and purified, how? By the message I've given you. John 1, 1, he calls Jesus the word. The word was with God and the word was God and the word came and dwelt among us. Jesus comes not with a message, but as the message. He is the message. He is the word incarnate. How many are excited Christmas is coming? My tree's going up Wednesday. I don't even care. I just need November 1st and then I got, all the limits are off. Can I get an amen, Jen? Thank you, thank you. Just, just get it out. We got a bunch of our houses gonna be on the Instagram, like decorated, decorated. What is Christmas? It's the incarnation. It's God with us. It's, it's a, a child was born, a son was given. So Jesus says to his followers, the pruning took place when I first gave you the message. What's the message? The message is the gospel. And the gospel is good news but for you to know how good it is, you gotta know how bad your state is. So you actually need to be a little offended when you hear the gospel because the gospel says 
you are way more sinful than you'll ever admit. You're not just a bad person, you're a sinner. That's the starting place. You have to understand in your sins, you are lost. And if the gospel left us there, then all we have is a judgment message. So it says you're way more sinful than you'd ever admit, but you're also way more loved than you could hope for in Jesus. So I'm gonna tell you, as he says to that woman, where are your accusers? Neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. It's both end. It's don't just keep sinning. Now the gospel says, here's the good news. In me, your sins are forgiven. You're forgiven. So listen to me. This might be your first time in church. I want you to know right now, you should be a little bit offended and you should be really invited. Both. In fact, John Piper says it this way. He says, the gospel in two words is wrong and loved. You're wrong and you're loved. Wrong and loved. So you, you've got to understand that. So Jesus says, you've been pruned and purified by the message I've given. Now, don't miss this because you're hearing the message, but you, you, there's a response here. So here's what we do when we hear the message. When someone gives us something, what do we have to do? Very simple word, we receive. You can't just hear it. You can't just hear the gospel today and say, okay, cool, that's it, I've been pruned. No, no, you gotta receive this gospel. And we see that in Romans where it says, all who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that God raised Christ from the dead. That's our receiving of the work he's done will be saved. Now this, this is where Jesus presses in. Because church, we can't end here. We start here. So we don't now go, well, I got my get out of hell free card. I'm gonna pass, go and collect my 200. I'm safe and here it is. And I could keep living like however I want. No, no, no. When you receive the message, then there's a command. And it's, it's another word we're gonna see, which is the command of discipleship. So we receive it. But now Jesus says next, here's the word, remain. Say remain. remain. Verse four, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So we receive the message. We say yes to Jesus and we remain in him. Another translation says we abide in him. We, we remain in him. So listen, the gospel isn't the starting point to your faith. And then it's over. And then we get on to deeper things. The gospel, as we discovered this year in Galatians, the gospel is the A to Z of the Christian faith, not the ABCs of the Christian faith. You remain in it. You stay in it. You, you keep coming back to it because the moment you and I forget that we've been saved by grace is the moment we produce rotten fruit. <laughs> it's the moment we start producing things like pride, arrogance, gossip, slander. We don't honor each other anymore. We, we've, we say we've graduated, we've matured past the gospel, but God's saying, but you're missing it. Don't forget. Don't forget how this all started. I came, you received me, remain in that. Produce some fruit, remain in it. Jesus says, I wanna skip down to verse 16 because I, just, I really want you to understand this. God sent his son to this world for you. He acted first. He, he's so gracious that he came first. Here's what he says in verse 16. He says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Come on, there's not one of us in this room that could say, we chose Jesus before he chose us. 
I love this commentary I read about this. Without his choice, we would have no choice to make. He chose first. Scripture says, while we were still sinners, God sent his son to this world. So that, so it doesn't negate our choice. It gives way for us to have a choice. So he came and now we, we respond. We receive and we remain. Here's how I would define remaining. To continue in a daily personal relationship with Jesus. To continue. Those of you who are married, you said I do, she said I do, you said we do. Was that the end? Well, girl, we married now. See you when I want to see you. <laughs> Going to hang out with the boys. But we're married, but I'm not remaining. Marriage has a start and has a continuation. And when people start to drift apart in their marriage, it's because there's not a remaining, a remaining. So how do we remain with Jesus? I want you to write these down. They will not be on the screen. So you gotta use your ears and your hand, okay? You're like, but I always take a picture. No, no, you're gonna put in your phone. If you want, three ways to remain in Jesus. First way is this, verse 15. That's right, verse 15. Say it with me, verse 15. What if tomorrow when you woke up, the first 15 minutes of your day went to remaining in Jesus? Just start there. Now look, if you're a coffee drinker like I am, drink your coffee first. You're gonna be falling asleep on Jesus. <laughs> like, bro, you get the, the first 15 after the first one minute, okay? <laughs> we get this cup poured. First 15, what am I gonna do in those 15? Let's break it down. Spend the first five minutes in a song of worship. Just put on a worship song. You don't know what to do, blazechurch.org slash worship. We have worship music there for you. Okay, five minutes of worship. Then five minutes in God's word. Where do I start? We'll start with blazechurch.org slash Bible. <laughs> you see, we thought of this. Go to Bible and then do the verse of the day. And then five minutes in prayer. How do I do that? What do you think I'm gonna say? Blazechurch.org slash prayer. Thank you, okay. <laughs> there. You don't even have to be smart for this, okay? Just got to have your browser open. Slash worship, slash Bible, slash prayer. Guys, the first 15. And, and if you can't make that, okay, then the last 15. Then 15 somewhere with the King of Kings who's saying, I want to spend time with you. I want to be with you. So, so come on. Okay, here's another way. We're going to remain because now I got my first 15, but then I got on the LIE and I forgot I'm saved. It's already gone. It's already gone. When's my next 15? Okay, so here you go. Ready? Write this down. A midday timer. Why not? Just take out your app and open your clock and put in a timer for 12 p.m. and you can even label it. Remain. Just let it go off. Just let it go off at 12 o'clock to remind you. And here's a third way. In your group, in your small group, you're remaining in Jesus in the company of others because you're not called to produce fruit on your own. So you remain in Jesus in the company of others. Verse 15, midday timer, in your group. We remain. And it's so important that we remain because Jesus is gonna go on, gonna read a little bit of text now. Verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay. <laughs> Say it like it is, Jesus. I will. You're not connected to me. You can't do anything. One translation, I just didn't want to offend you, but I'll tell you, one translation says you are useless. 
You just have no use when you're not connected to the vine. You think that it's the relationships, the hobbies, spirituality, all career. That's no. It's in him. If you do not remain in me, next verse, you are like a branch. Now I want you to remember that because now we're gonna press a little bit on our identity. We actually all have a similar identity. Our purpose changes depending who we're connected to. If you remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. So watch this. Jesus would use symbolic language to say, all y'all, you all, collective, everyone, every, you're all branches. And depending on your Romanian connection determines if you're firewood or fruitwood. There's one vine and connected we produce fruit and separated firewood. So this is why you've asked these questions, but you really don't have to. If you've ever found yourself in a morally messy situation, you started with sleeping with someone you're not married to, you made a financial decision you shouldn't have made, and you ended up saying, how did I get here? Jesus would say, at some point you disconnected from me. That, that's how. Here's the beauty. He's gracious. He's loving. He's invitational. He's kind. He's good. He's long-suffering. Remember Jonah had an issue with God because it said, I knew it. I knew you were merciful, slow to get angry and abounding in love. You loving God, you. <laughs> he hated him for it. But I think if Jonah was on the other side of that city, he would have loved him for it. Don't take yourself outside of the city. <laughs> remain, remain. I don't know how I got two minutes left in a million verses. Let me, <laughs> we gotta go. When you produce much fruit, Jesus says, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to the Father. You wanna bring glory to your Father, produce fruit. Now I love it because I ain't ever seen an apple break a sweat. <laughs> I gotta be, I gotta produce myself. I gotta get out of that. This tree's expecting me to get produced. How is an apple produced? It just chills with the vine. It just stays connected. Some of you are trying to manufacture fruit that the Spirit wants to produce in you. You're trying to come up with it. And then you're striking out and saying, I don't get why I just can't be patient in this situation. I gotta try a little harder. And the Father's going, no, you've gotta remain connected to my son a little more. You've got to stay connected to me and let my spirit produce the fruit. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the spirit. I love that. Singular in its Greek. One fruit, many dimensions. So you don't get a pass to say, well, I'm so joyful. I just got no self-control around those annoying people. <laughs> no. The spirit wants to produce the fruit. <laughs> so it's more like an orange with slices in it than it is a fruit basket. <laughs> He's gonna produce it in you. Stay connected. Now, there's so many competing vines out there in this world, good ones. So why today should you connect yourself to the true vine? And Jesus tells us why, and it's in one word, love. John 15, nine, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Just remain in my love. We just remain there. 
You know why? Because all those other vines, they will not love you the way Jesus will. Some of you have been so let down in life because you thought it's this job, it's this person, it's this experience, it's this financial tier, it's this vacation, it's this, it's this, and you've been let down because that thing will not love you the way the vine will. Now we have to ask then, how do I remain in his love? And here's what he says. Take it up with Jesus. If you don't like what he says next, I'm just gonna read it. (laughs) If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. So you know how we remain in the love of Jesus? Obedience. Obedience to his commands. He's gonna tell us what his command is in a moment. But I read this um, illustration by Francis Chan that I, I found was interesting and fitting. He says, it's as if a parent tells their child, go clean your room. Simple, straightforward, go clean your room. <laughs> Have you been there before? And a child comes back and says, dad, 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 I want you to know, I memorized all different ways to clean my room. In fact, I found one strategy that I liked so much in Hebrew that I got it tattooed on my arm. I found a couple friends and we went out to this hipster coffee shop and we talked about what it meant to clean our room. We looked it up in the Greek. It's the word klinio. It means to clean your room. (laughs) We went to a conference together. It was awesome. There was thousands of people there and we just talked about what it would be like if we cleaned our rooms. And the father looks and says, but you didn't clean your room. You talked about it and you know what to do, but you're not doing it. So listen, some of you, you already know what to do. You already know what obedience looks like. There's a tension for you to do it because you're waiting on the Lord. But he's like, I've already told you. I've outlined what relationships and marriage looks like. I've outlined what your time should look like. I've, I've, I've given you this and you're talking about it and waiting on me. Go clean your room. Let's go to the next verse. I've told you this, here's why, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. The father knows on the other side of obedience is actually joy. It may not feel like it in the moment. Oh, I'm trying to explain this to my nine-year-old. He hates the word discipline. If you want to trigger this kid, just go up and go, discipline. He will lose his mind. He can't wrap his head around God loves those who disciplines. It makes no sense. He can't get it because he doesn't realize on the other side of obedience and discipline is joy, is fulfillment. God's not trying to stop your fun. He's trying to protect your life and your soul because he loves you. And you're a branch who's created to produce fruit. So here's his commandment, one command, love each other in the same way I've loved you. Greater love has no one in this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. So watch this. The only vine that will die for you is the true vine. He'll lay down his life for you. Every other vine will expect you to die in the process of trying to find fulfillment in that thing. You will kill yourself trying to form an identity and a purpose out of your career. You will drive yourself crazy trying to make your kids happy. You will lose in the end. The true vine says, I've come to die for you so that you might live. 
And so how do we start? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And here's what Jesus says, verse 14, John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. You are my friends. It says, do what I command. Now, don't confuse it. Relationship precedes the rules here. And you know that in any relationship. I can't come over to your house and tell your kids what to do because I don't have a relationship with them that way. The relationship is first. So when Jesus says, you are my friends, if you do what I command, he's not putting conditions on the friendship. The friendship is existing and he's inviting you into honoring that. We are the friends of God. So watch this. If I show you your friends, you'll show me my future. And how many are grateful that I have a friend in Jesus? (laughs) Because the future is looking pretty bright when he's my friend. So would you today live for him? I wanna ask you, have you ever confessed your sins? Have you ever said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life? Because in a moment, we're gonna call on his name and you're invited to receive him, to receive the one who came, the word himself. Would you bow your heads with me? And if you wanna know Jesus today, we're gonna pray as a church. And I'm gonna ask you to be bold and raise your hand in this moment. If you're saying, I wanna know who Christ is, I wanna be saved, I want my sins forgiven. As we pray, you raise your hand as a sign of surrender. Say this with me, say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died and rose again so I could be forgiven. Thank you for new life. Today, I surrender mine. Thank you for making me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we celebrate with all of heaven?